0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Car Wash the Podcast. This episode is brought to you by AVW Equipment. Hey, people often ask, what's the most important part of a car wash? AVW Equipment's answer to that is the way that you serve your customers. There's no better way to ensure a great customer experience in the wash than with an AVW belt conveyor. AVW's fourth gen belt design is the result of 45 plus years of car wash equipment and 20 years of car wash belt conveyor experience. Nothing makes loading and unloading easier, less stressful, and fast like an AVW belt. Call AVW to lock in belt conveyor spring deals today through May 1st. Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for
1: real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey. Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast. This is Matt. And in today's episode, we're going to spend some time talking about customer journey maps. What the heck is a customer journey map? Well, it's a fancy term to help you identify all the ways your customers interact with your brand, whether that's before they get to the wash, while they're at your business, or once they've left with a clean, dry, and super shiny car. Today, we're going to share a conversation from a recent episode of Car Wash Magazine Live, where we talked to Ann Mahler, VP of Marketing at Soapy Joe's, and Wade Keith, Brand Manager at Breeze Through Car Wash. Both of these folks have recently gone through that customer journey mapping process. And both of these folks also come to us from established multi-site organizations that are in growth mode, but know that journey maps really are for every size business. And you'll hear that in today's conversation. And in fact, the sooner you have a customer journey map, the better off you will be. All right, here we go. Let's take a ride on this fantastic voyage. Happy anniversary! 51 episodes. This is what we've got rocking on today. We're going to get into this program talking about journey maps. And you're going, what in the world is a journey map? Some of you might know, but the two folks that are going to join us have gone through this process relatively recently and are singing the praises of Journey Map. So we're going to dive into that. But first, I wanted to just kind of give you guys a little bit of an explanation about what they are. And so, Journey Maps look—it's really all about customer experience, right? And so when you think about the different ways that you engage and interact with your customer on a daily basis, whether that's before they get to the site, whether that's when they're on site or whether that's when they're off site, that's all part of that journey map. And so what we're really talking about is building out kind of a customer experience diagram. Okay, so they can be all kinds of things, but I just wanna show you, I'm gonna show you just a little video just to help you kind of know a little bit more about journey maps and what they do for you. What is it? It's a visual representation that's easy to read and understand by those at your wash. It maps out the entirety of the current sales funnel from awareness to purchase and beyond. And it deals specifically with the customer's experience with your brand. It stems directly from contact with your customers. But what does it do? At the core, it helps build a customer-centric mentality in your company. Everybody who is working for your company should have access to this journey map. It makes customer acquisition easier because by mapping out where your buyers are, you're better able to reach them there and address their needs. It helps you better target. So by knowing where your customers are and what they need, you can stop wasting money. And it gives you a documented framework to reference as you go out and build processes for improvement at your sites and in all of your marketing efforts to create the best experience possible for your customers. Okay, so there's a little bit of a definition for you about what those journey maps are, how they can help. Look, here's the deal, you might think, well, I'm, I've only got like one or two locations, journey maps aren't for me. Journey maps, my friends, are for everybody, all right? And it's actually better if you start when you're smaller so it's easier for you to scale that thing. But we're gonna get into that, we're gonna talk to the experts here in just a moment. One more thing I want to show you journey maps. Let's like you can do day in the life journey maps. You can do future state journey maps. You can do current state journey maps. You can do all sorts of things, depending on who you talk to about this. I think the thing that is probably easiest for most people to start with is a current state journey map. So what is that? A current state journey map, it's really like a SWOT analysis, if you all are familiar with that. You're looking at all the touch points and it's really just doing it in a framework that you can kind of leverage. So I wanna show you a quick template sample so you can see what we're talking about. So up on the screen, you can see here, across the top, you've got five phases and the phases are gonna be dependent upon your specific business and your wash. And then down the left side, there's just four four areas here and you can modify this to suit your business, but you've got customer thoughts and feelings, actions, touch points, and proposed changes. And so this is a really nice place for you to be able to start with this exercise because you can go through each of these, you can come up with the proposed changes that you need to do, and then guess what you do from there? you make the changes, right? And then you've got this dynamic living, breathing document that you can share with people and do all these wonderful things. But that's enough from me. Let's talk to the folks who who do this and have done this and are doing it every day in their washes. We're gonna join Ann Mahler and Wade Keith today. Guys, how are you?
1: What's up? Hey. Doing well. Hey. Hello, Car Wash Land.
0: I don't know if you know this, it's the show's birthday. Happy anniversary. Or, do we
1: need to sing Happy Birthday? Yeah, probably.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, probably. Like, I I didn't get any cake. My swag table is low. I mean, come on, you guys.
2: Yeah. Well, cheers to you. Cheers. <laughs> there,
0: there it is. There it is. Yeah, yeah we'll get Where's the champagne the out. We'll get the champagne out later. I've got coffee. Yeah, yeah here we go. <laughs> so, you all have gone through these exercises. You guys have done journey maps. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about how you guys did it, why you guys did it, what benefits you're seeing, all of the things. So maybe we'll just start and you're in the middle of the screen and will you start with us and just kind of talk about why journey maps are a good idea and why they work?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We really wanted to be able to articulate to our uh, amazing employees what exactly it is we were looking for from them. We have an internal phrase, control the controllables, but unless we were able to really dive in and articulate in a finite way what those controlled moments are and what tools we can bring to bear, but back to your point, you know, getting beyond the nuts and bolts of what it is we're asking our staff to do and how does that make our customers feel and really conjoin those two things. What are we functionally asking you to do on site? But- why beyond the you know concrete maintenance type things how would that make someone feel so we really you know wanted to dive deep on this and come up with a way to articulate how all those control the controllable moments relate to our customers and help them with those empathy moments to really understand the bigger picture of what it is they're doing on a daily basis so that was a big piece for us on a practical side we are in a high growth moment we also want to be able to provide consistency, not only for our staff as they get promoted, as they move from site to site, as we open more locations, but to also make sure, again, coming back to the customer side, that that translated into a consistent experience for the customer. So, you know, it was a way for us to really dig in there, create that connection between what we're asking our staff to do, how someone feels, and help us scale for a high growth moment, which is just really exciting.
0: Yeah, that is super exciting. And I think that having that fundamental kind of brand framework component in place, I think is really overlooked and but really important to be able to kind of carry that through as you kind of branch out into multiple locations, 10 and 20 and 30 and 40. I mean, that's where we're going with these things. So super helpful. Wade, I know that for you all, you guys went through this exercise and it was kind of a chance for you to like step back and think critically about what you were doing. Can you just talk about maybe your why a little bit?
1: Yeah, and it actually echoes a lot of what Ann just said. Really kind of the purpose of a journey map is to map out the customer's experience. And I've got mine right here, so I'm gonna reference it. But from the time they anticipate using your business to the time they actually use your facility, going through the wash afterwards, what the procedure looks like, and then what happens on the back end. So we wanted to map it all out to see what it's supposed to look and feel like. And that's what the customer needs to experience consistently every single time. We actually made it specifically for branding purposes, which I'll get into in a minute. But a customer journey map can really be used for a lot of things. Training department, you map out what the experience is supposed to look and feel like. And so if it doesn't look and feel that way, then that presents training opportunities to get to that level. I mean, if I was an operations manager, you know, this would be my framework for how I do pretty much everything. It would all branch off of the journey map. We did it specifically for the branding department. The reason we did it is what we're in control of is the touch points that the customers see before they come through the wash, what happens at the site, what kind of touch points they see at the site, and then what happens afterwards. And I think of an example that a mentor taught me years ago about Disney's customer experience. Disney actually identified that, and I don't know who all has been to the theme parks before, but if, when you go to the theme park, you have to wait in line, similar to the car wash, Right. And so what Disney identified when they mapped out their customer's journey is that it's not that people don't like waiting. It's the fear of not knowing, right? Not Mm -hmm. knowing how long this is going to take. So what Disney did is they actually started to put up signs that said, you know, if you're standing right here in line, your wait's going to be 10 minutes. If you're right here in line, it's 15, right here, it's 20 and so forth and so on. So when customers come up, they look at a line, they don't know how long it's going to take, but they can see a sign that tells them how long it's going to take. Yep. And if it takes longer than that, then Disney's not delivering on their brand promise. And so I started to think about those things and I'm like, wow, well, we can really replicate that at the car wash because there's certain touch points that we can introduce that actually makes the customer experience better. So that's the reason that we did it was specifically for the branding department, but it can also be replicated through different departments within our company. Another reason is also in our journey map, there's a follow-up stage that happens after the customer comes through and uses our business. A big part of that is reviews. And so we wanted to map out what that looks like after the customer comes through our business. And so we know how to respond to reviews better and know how to provide a better experience on the back end after they come through. So that's the reason we did it.
0: I love that. The example on the line busting kind of thing is super relevant because when you think about that experience, Man, it can be really painful when you walk up to something like, especially like, look, a good example is COVID times when you had people who, you know, had lines out the door. You have no idea how long that's going to take. We'd go to Trader Joe's, right, and stand outside (laughs) and you pull up and you're like, "Ooh, man, that's a big line. And I left, you know, I'd drive off. All they had to do was put a sign out that said four minutes or less. I'm like, cool, I'll stand for that. So I love that. I love that example.
1: I want to use another example real quick. We're all familiar with Chick-fil-A, right? (laughs) You see Chick-fil-A and you see a long line, but now they've got a process so defined that if you see a big line, I know I'm gonna get through that line pretty quick. They have done an excellent job of mapping out that customer's journey. And when you see somebody in line that you can talk to, your anxiety levels start to go down because you know there's somebody there that is actively paying attention to you and your needs and making sure that that process runs smoothly those guys do an amazing job of mapping out that whole experience because I, I see a long line. I don't care. I'm going to go sit in it. I know it's not going to take long. And I also think kind of our business is kind of getting to that point through reviews and that kind of stuff where people yeah. t- say that in reviews. Now they're doing the advertising for us. I mean, that's that's a zen moment. If, you know, if people can do it more consistently like that way, it'd be great. You just laid down a topic for another marketing Topic I think
0: we'll want to cover in a future show. How the heck do you get to be so prevalent that you don't need any science to tell people how long right. it
1: takes? I saw something a while back. You know, it's a Chick Fil A. They're like three percent of their what they spend on advertising is. You know, that's what they spend, and the other people in their industry are like five, six percent. Yeah, what they're spending on advertising, they're like three percent. But a lot of their customers do the advertising for them. I mean, that that really says you're doing something great and you can close on Sunday yeah. and you're still that awesome.
0: Wow. <laughs> brand brand advocacy. It's a real thing. And I love that Soapy Joe's and I don't know if this is a Soapy Joe's thing or if this is what you bring to Soapy Joe's uniquely, but every time we talk, we get to talk about research with you. And I love that you bring that to the table. <laughs> can you talk about kind of what role that research played in terms of like how and like where you started with this kind of journey mapping exercise?
2: Right. I do love my research. You have hit the nail on the head there. And the way that we have incorporated research into our customer journey map is when we laid out our touch points, and for us, we had seven. I know you mentioned five earlier. So it really does vary by brand on what you call out as a touch point. We were able to associate both wins and opportunities where we didn't score as well. And we brought in research, but we also brought in, as Wade mentioned, the reviews. So as we are teaching the customer journey map to our our associates were able to say, you know, this is one where, you know, we're scoring great, but please don't rest on our laurels. And we did show actually year over year, we do our own internal research, first party research. And we showed like, hey, here's how we scored in Q4 of 2019. And here's how we scored in Q4 of 2020. Of course, it was a, a hard year with coronavirus, but it did impact the customer journey. We did have a point in time where we've had to wear masks and that affected slightly our scores in the customer service. Not a lot, but we were able to draw out for our associates like, look, this is not a one and done deal. When you get a score, you get a review. It's not job done, it's just that moment in time. And we really were able to use research to draw how we were doing over time, relating to those different touch points and bringing that back on why it's so important for them to do. XYZ process or, you know, thing that we're asking because it does relate to how somebody feels at the end of the day, that customer feels. The other piece, again, as Wade had mentioned, we're associating our ratings to these customer journey touch points. One of them for us is, you know, sometimes we hear negative things about being too busy. You guys are so busy, I pull up and I don't want to wait in that line. So we were able to take that put in place some remedy type situations and tactics that we can look at for that line. But then we also realize one of our touch points is actually the end of the tunnel also. Mm. And coming back to the research question, we know that most of our customers want to use those vacuums every time. So if they are coming out of that tunnel and they're seeing the vacuums full, that's also a moment that we were able to underscore to our managers, hey, this could also be a moment where that customer is feeling, that we're too busy. So yeah. it's not just the line that they see pulling up, but it could also be that touch point afterwards. Do you need to staff? So how do they take that, control it, and do something about it? And it's very important that we're able to parlay our brand wish into, well, I as a manager, what do I do? Yeah. You know, How can I help fix the scenario or make sure that the customer's feeling best? So in those cases, it's like, let's look at your labor hour. Do you need to schedule someone at that exit to the tunnel, because it does impact how a customer feels in this case, possibly about us feeling too busy. So those are a couple instances on how we're using research to inform our customer journey map, keeping it fresh, making sure we continuously look at that data, share that back with the managers and make sure that they have something actionable they can do about it.
0: That's probably the biggest thing with this, right? It's one thing to do the exercise and to like paint a nice picture of what the process looks like and what our brand promises are and and all those sorts of things. It's a very different thing to take that and enable your people to be able to leverage those findings and to do something about it. And I love that actionable component of that, of like, yeah, people are frustrated at the end of the tunnel. Well, now what? Right. <laughs> what do we do? And as a, as a manager, you're like, well, I, gosh, I don't know. What are we going to do? We're going to bring more people in? We're going to like, maybe we need like a a mascot at the end, which, you know, you have a mascot. So, you know, why not? <laughs> okay, wait, I want to know for you, where did you start in this process? Like, did you just walk to a location one day and say, hey, you know what, I'm feeling like I got a little time to kill. It looks a little slow. I'm just going to like <laughs> go through every step of the process.
1: I mean, I started the process kind of years ago. I used to work for a rental car agency, very well-known And we had actually a process that mapped out, you know, from the time they make the phone call to us to the time they come back and the time they welcome the customer gets welcomed back. So my process started years ago because the other locations around us were not adamant about following that process. But as soon as I started following that process, my customer server rankings skyrocketed. And I looked, I looked amazing within that company. And so I really started to learn the journey map then. And then, I keep referencing Doug Stevens, he was at the ICA a couple of years ago, by the way, the speakers at the ICA are my favorite parts of thank you for that. And he mentioned it and he started talking about REI and he started talking about Target and he started talking about some other big brands that did a customer journey map. So I started really looking into it and thinking, wow, this is something we really need to map out at our business what was funny is we work with a local advertising company that does a lot of stuff for us. And during one of our meetings, we were having a meeting and they said, is there anything else you want to cover? And I said, yeah, do you guys ever do customer journey maps? And they're like, Oh my God, we're going to talk to you about that very subject today. Cause we want to make one with you guys. And I said, perfect. We're talking the same language. So we went through the process. We sat down in a room for a couple of hours one day on a big dry erase board the size of the whole entire room, we actually went through each stage and we mapped it all out. And we critically thought through each one of the processes from the customer standpoint. And it was great because, you know, it took us from thinking way up here that we know so much about the business in the customer's shoes who don't understand it as much. So we actually mapped it out in a room one day. And then of course, after we mapped it out, we go to the sites now and we're keen on the customer journey maps. We start looking at things from the customer standpoint to see if it all makes sense. I mean, it started years ago, it came to life about a year ago. That's how we tackled it. We worked with our local advertising company. If you're working with an advertising company, they don't understand customer journey maps I'd maybe throw a question mark above <laughs> your head because that's something they, you know, they specialize in. If y'all are watching this and you're unsure where to start or how to get
0: going on the thing, just carve out half a day, sit down in a room in a quiet space where you feel like kind of motivated and just start taking notes about the experience. And that'll get you at least... Your brain kickstarted into thinking that way and kind of really deeply considering that consumer perspective so that's an easy place to start start with notes at some point you will have to do the research i'm sorry friends but you will have to do the research to bring that in because otherwise your uh, your journey map is going to just kind of go nowhere i want to switch gears a little bit i want to get into some of the learnings so we started we did the exercise of creating the journey map I think that both of you did kind of current state style journey maps. Is that right? Uh, Yeah. Would, yeah, okay. that,
1: yeah. yeah, definitely.
0: So when you did that I current so state, cool. yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like, it's a like current future. It's a, I mean, like we said, these are living, breathing documents. They're going to change all the time. And can you start like, what were some key learnings that came out of that? Like you did this exercise, you did all this stuff. Like, what did you learn from it? What popped to the top?
2: Right. I would say the first thing that comes to mind is we learned from our managers, because we did deliver this as a training to our managers and our MITs and our pipeline, that some of our forms were not easy to use on site. So it was a great moment for us to just learn ergonomically for our management team. You know, we're asking you to do these ABC tasks. And they were able to raise their hand in that moment and say, I hear what you're saying, but there's not enough room on there to write down what you're asking me. And I know that sounds simple, but in this case, what I'm referencing is I am always asking the staff to get phone number and email address when they're signing up an unlimited member. And, you know, we need that information to communicate back later. And I beg all the time, please don't omit that from your process. And it was just a moment where they were able to say, like, I hear you, but you aren't giving me a tool that actually functions for that. So we were able to go back, work with our point of sale vendor and change the way that the receipts come out. So there's more room for that. So that's just an example of a small learning. Sometimes it's not this like, you know, clouds part, angels sing type moment, but it is something that simple that really came back and allows the managers to do what I've been asking them for a year to do. So I think that the findings can even be surprisingly simple. But if you can eliminate some of those small barriers, it it just makes everything flow so much easier. So that's one concrete example. And everyone's winning. That way we can continue that customer journey. Coming back to the customer journey itself, if I have that contact information, I'm able to communicate with them later to continue that positive experience once they leave the site. So that was a big one for us.
0: I love that one. That's, that's a really good one because it is it is about the, what do they call it? The micro learnings, right? The things you pick up that are so small and so seemingly indiscriminate in terms of outcomes, but they can really be the thing that that shifts the way that people view your business. Wait, I know you had a learning around lines, which is funny because we were just talking about lines, but you had a learning that came out of your process around the lines and what you guys could do with your menus, right?
1: Yeah, we didn't initially... Start with clubs and wash passes, you know, that came later on the end. So, a lot of our signage only had single pricing on it. So, it wasn't very clear that what the offer was as far as clubs. And also, the menus were behind the pay stations, which was another thing at a lot of the locations. And so, what we really learned about kind of helping out in the line is that we need to have some clear signage in front of the pay station. So, if somebody's in line, they can see what we offer. And it's very clear what they offer before they get up to the pay stations. Because what happens is, is if that's not there and they're unfamiliar with their brand or what we offer, then they have to wait in a big, long line. Then they get up to the pay station, they get up to the pay station, the woman on the screen's talking, we have an attendant that's trying to talk to them. And now they're looking at the menu, trying to figure out what's happening. And they've got anxiety going on because they've got you know, six or seven cars behind them. And now they're the jerk that's holding up the line, you know. And so what we really identified was that, well, let's see if there's ways that we can put some menus we can put out every now and again in front of the pay stations that kind of help them along with the process and making that decision before they get up to the pay stations. And we actually tried a little experiment a couple of years ago where we had a manager actually walking up and down the line with some brochures, and when we did that, we said, you know, look at everybody. If they look a little concerned, make ask them if they have any questions. Because then at that point, you know, their anxiety level starts going down. The journey map's all about feelings, what the customer's feeling and how to counteract that. We were able to answer some questions and we were actually selling wash passes and clubs in the line before they even got the pay stations, which made processing faster. And so that was just a few things that took away from that. I did make some removable menus that we could put up before the pay stations at some of the sites that didn't have that double pricing. And actually looking at the numbers, ever since I did that, their sales have actually increased. Mm. And even at the sites that we have with our new branding that has both the prices on there, we have actually higher sales at those sites than we do other sites so that was something i learned in the process but one other thing I, I just want to point out that was identified was that there's this thing called the curse of knowledge like as owners and operators and like us and we understand so much about the business it's hard to filter all that down to the customer the customer is going to be the one that understands the least amount of our business we were using a lot of internal language to talk to customers language that customers didn't understand so we got to be clear with our communication as well so those are a couple of things. I mean, there's a lot more, but those are a couple of things that we've learned going through this process.
0: I really like the, uh, I, re- I, I say this kind of a lot, but I really like the point you just made about trying not to talk too much inside baseball. Keep it so that your customers can understand it. And I think, I think we are terrible, terrible offenders of this, especially when it comes to menu design. Like, come on, man. We'll come back to that on another show, but I have beef with menu design, and we're going to talk about it someday. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. that's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, that that like that's
0: like a three-week seminar on that whole thing. Yeah. Okay, journey maps. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you, you press my button, and I got to go. Wait, I've got an example of your kind of outline. It's blank. Tom Tilford is asking if we can share that. Are you okay if I throw that up on the screen here? Do it. Do it. Yeah, let's do it. All right. I'm going to show just the top so you can kind of tell Tom what goes across the top and maybe what goes down the side. Let's go across the top. What are the four things you have at the top there?
1: Okay. So these are different stages that customers go through when interacting with our brand. So the first stage is the anticipation stage, and that's broken down to a couple phases, but that's them actually recognizing the need to get a car wash and then making a decision to use our business. Okay. The next stage is after they've made the decision to come to our business, they drive and arrive to breeze through. So then they enter breeze through, okay? And they're pulling up to the pay stations. So what are their feelings and thoughts and all that kind of stuff as they're coming up? Then they make the purchase, okay? That's the drive and arrive stage. The next stage beyond that is the procedure stage. So that's the wash, and then that's them, what they're doing after the wash while they're still on your property. So that's called the post wash. And then finally, the last stage is what happens when they leave your business. And that's the follow-up stage. So that's them exiting breeze through, them doing a review, and us re-nurturing them with some advertising. Okay, so that's what's at the top. There's four stages that they go through when they interact with our brand. Do the left side for
0: me real quick, top to bottom.
1: Okay, so from the top, that's the phases. So each stage is broken down a couple different phases. So, And then after that is the actual journey that the customer's physically going through. Beyond that, it's the touch points of the advertising, what the customer sees while they're at the site that enhances the experience. What our objectives are in each stage, what are their expectations and objectives are. And the next one is probably the most important thing that we really think about when we think about customer journey is what feelings are they going through when they're in these different stages and how can we counteract that with advertising or training, soft skills, that kind of thing. The next thing is threats. So we identify particular threats that happen at each stage. And then the final two are some opportunities for us. When we're doing the touch points, these are some things that are identified. And the last thing is, do we have any specific goals? I think y'all are looking at kind of a blank document, but you can really use that particular document and come up with uh, you know different journeys. Like recently we did online sales. We started to sell things online. So we identified the customer's journey through online sales. So we took a blank document and wrote it all in. So it's a tool, it's a process tool that we use to critically think through things that we do processes and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Thanks, Wade. I I think that's super helpful for folks just to kind of get their mind thinking about it. Like, look, journey maps can be honestly like just about anything. So, and there's the style that you just saw. There's the style that we showed in the sample template at the top of the show. And then I know Anne's is a little different. It's more of a high design infographic flow that's very visual and very well put together. So you can do kind of whatever works for your business and whatever you think is going to be easiest for you to take and then implement across your business, which brings me to the next thing. I want to talk about how did you guys implement? Because when when marketing says, hey, I have ideas on how everything should work. Most people say, you guys are crazy. <laughs> so, Anne, can you kind of walk through just sort of like implementation and what you guys do and how you get people bought into this?
2: It's so important that it has legs beyond the white ivory tower of marketing and that we really do have our ops partnership buy-in. So for us, one of the primary uses was getting out there and training our managers. So for us, this was a brainstorm scenario like you had enumerated earlier. So we did that, but then one of the first things we did was partner with our ops team to say, does this make sense? What are we missing? When I deliver this to your managers, is this going to pass the sniff test? And it has to be a little bit art, a little bit science, because as we said earlier, you know, for my organization, I'd say it's maybe 80-20, right? Rooted in reality, what we want today, but it's also aspirational. Where do we want to go? Where do we want to improve? And what do we want those customers to feel? It all comes back to that feeling. And are we delivering on that today? So having that touchstone with our ops team to make sure that, that we could identify something concrete. For example, what is an example that the managers will be able to understand when we say people are feeling anxious when they go in the tunnel? why it's dark there's lights flashing it's the first moment where it's really truly probably loud so there's an auditory component and then you're asking them if they want an air freshener pointing at the signs trying to load them they're going in so really being able to say like managers, how can we take that reality of the site that they're experiencing and the feeling that we wanted to impart there to help them relax to help them feel confident and in control when they're going into that tunnel so for us the process was really to partner with the ops leadership team, make sure that we had some touch points and some discovery points from ops before we turned that into a training document. And to your point earlier, ours is very graphically oriented because we went immediately into train mode and we knew we had to capture the attention and imagination of those managers in delivering this content to them. So ours does look like an infographic. It helps them understand as we step through the customer journey. So that's a little bit about how we implemented it on our
0: side. kind of comes back to that research side, right? Like getting those stakeholders involved in the process right away makes it a heck of a lot easier for you to implement the thing down the line. And then I love the, the training component too. I know you guys are bringing that to your managers to help you get consistency across all locations, which becomes really important as you guys grow. Wade, did you guys have anything kind of different or unique or what was kind of your keys to implementation? I know you guys are still implementing as we go, right? You're changing and going.
1: The implementation is a critical thinking exercise. That's the implementation. So so far, we've went over this with our regional managers, our site managers, and our training department. And what's kind of funny, just I always put a disclaimer up before I go through this because I'm like, "Hey, listen, you guys are going to critically think through the customer experience today, and we're going to think of some really good ideas." But we are not changing processes and procedures right now. If there's an overwhelming need to do this, then we can visit this with our leadership team. But first of all, let's critically think through this. So what we've done is, and by the way, one of the challenges is it takes us about four to six hours to go through this. Yeah. Okay. Because what we do is we stop along the way and everything we have listed is not everything that can happen. And I'm not going to update it with anything more that we talk about because I want to keep on using this as a critical thinking piece. So what we do is we go through it and we talk about each stage of the customer's journey and what they're feeling and that kind of stuff. And along the way, what happens is people are like, oh, wow, I could really do this and this would enhance the customer experience. Exactly, and you wouldn't be changing any processes or procedures. So simply acknowledging the customer. Customers feel at ease when you do that, okay? What if you're towering over a customer when you're talking to them in a low car? Well, kneel down to them and talk to them. That makes them feel better about the situation. You know what I mean? avoid internal language that's confusing to customers. So we've really used it as a critical thinking piece with our managers and training department, that sort of thing. So then they can start thinking about their own ideas of how they can enhance the experience through soft skills. And it's because of their ideas and is what they said, they're going to bring that back to the sites and they're going to make sure that their employees follow those behaviors. So that's really kind of how we're using it right now is to just critically think through things and engage and have good conversations about how to enhance the experience through soft skills. I love how Ann said that they went straight to training with this. I mean, this is a great training tool. It's an amazing training tool, but so far what we've done is we've just really expanded their knowledge on how to use soft skills to enhance the experience. And, you know, what are some turnoffs and, you know, what are some things that turn people on, but that's how we've implemented it so far.
0: Well, and one of the key things that's coming out here, I think that anybody watching should really realize about this process. There's the critically thinking part that you do and you maybe do that in a room, but maybe, I I can't say the most important piece, but a very important piece of this whole journey of creating these maps is having that conversation among your team and getting that kind of cross stakeholder conversation going and talking about all the different ways because that's where all your really good ideas are gonna come from and where the little things can be tweaked to make a huge difference for your business. So if nothing else, (laughs) these things get you thinking about it, get you talking about it and get you in a better position to understand your customer's journey and what they're doing and how they interact with your brand. Okay. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Carl Howard on the show and one of his things that he talked about was what gets measured, what gets done. So I want to know, how do you measure this thing, right? <laughs> like, okay, cool. I have a really pretty graphical image of like what people should feel and experience at my wash, but how do I measure the thing? And do you want to start for us?
2: Sure. Well, we are measuring our reviews on a monthly basis. So we look at positive, we look at negative or opportunities. Happily, we don't have many of those, but we do associate that back. So every time that I'm delivering the customer journey map, I do go in and look at the most recent reviews. And we also break those reviews down, our opportunity reviews by topic type. So I am going in and updating our presentation relating to this customer journey map to say, hey, most recently, our opportunities in the eyes of the customers comes out in these areas. And so I'm able to really come back and dynamically work on that. Another way that we measure is, you know, I was thinking about this in relationship to your earlier question too, is one of the things we were able to do with the ops team is make sure that our daily PM check, our preventative maintenance check, and our monthly site evaluations correlate to what we're saying and we're teaching there and, you know, to your point on how do we measure it? So we are looking at, I would say, two different sides of the opportunity there, both the feelings that come through from the customer reviews on a monthly basis, always associating that back to this map. And then also on the internal side, we've got our daily preventative maintenance checks, and then we've got those monthly checks as well and making sure that the language that we're using in the customer journey is reflected in those types of internal measurements. So we're really trying to create that cohesive experience from training through to those two measurement types.
0: Perfect, perfect. Hey, Wade, I'm gonna have you answer that same question, but I just wanna tell everybody at home who's watching, if you guys have questions about this, this can be a lot to take in. If you guys have questions, do put those in the feed. We'll get those answered for you. If you don't wanna ask it right now and you gotta process all this, that's okay too. You can reach out to us after and we'll work through this with you and and be very helpful, I promise. Okay, Wade, measurement. Ready, go.
1: All right. As I said earlier, we're going to start selling stuff online. So we actually did a customer's journey map through the online purchase and the fulfillment of those orders. And so one way we're actually going to measure that specific thing is we put Google Analytics to it. We're going to see what the bounce rate is. You know, if the bounce rate's high, then that means we need to sharpen that experience. We need to make it less clicks somehow. We need to make it tighter. So that's just one way we can measure an exercise we just went through. I also think, I mean, I'm on board with Anne too, with the reviews. When you got online reviews, that's one way to measure it as well. And also I think cars per man hour, I mean, for our specific business. Now you're, everybody's journey maps can be different because everybody's business model is slightly different, but we're breeze through this. So people need a breeze through, right? As we've talked before, it was funny in a previous show, we talked about <laughs> people calling it a breeze through. And then we had a review come through that said, Hey, I, want, I got a breeze through today. And I sent it over to Matt and he was like, perfect. That's, they're saying what they need to. But we're breezed through, so it needs to be easy, quick, and fun. So when we say quick, you know, that means we need to process cars quickly. So cars per man hour, an increase in cars per man hour from adjustments you made by identifying the customer's journey, if you can make an increase there, that would be a way to measure that as well. So bounce rate online, cars per man hour, and online reviews is just three things I can think of right now of ways to measure it.
0: Okay, friends. I understand The journey maps like I just said this but journey maps are a lot it can be a little intimidating but once you've seen these and once you've worked this way and once you've tried this it's like yeah you cannot unsee it it permeates your being and it just becomes who you are it's like this is the way it's it's all the things so if you don't have a journey map you should start this process you should you really should if you do have a journey map You should be consistently and constantly evaluating and evolving and making sure that it still applies to your current situation. And guess what? Even if you have the best journey map in the world, there is always something that you can do. So you can dive in, you can go deeper, you can take it out beyond what's happening on site, you can go deeper into life cycle communication plans and those kind of journeys. So that's a whole different thing, that's a whole different show. If you guys have questions about this, do ask them, do reach out, We are here to help with this. You can guarantee that this will come up in the future. So last thing for this show today, because I like to end these programs with this, we're gonna do what is one thing that I can do now to be better tomorrow? And let's kind of keep it in the vein of what we've been talking about, journey maps and critical
1: thinking. Let's reverse it, let's go Wade first. Oh man, I don't know what to do. (laughs) I would say, you know, be adaptable. The customer experience, is a hot topic these days. You know, a lot of people are creating everything they do around the customer experience. And so there's a lot of young guys in the industry. I see that are just got a ton of energy and they're fired up and they're, they're building washes and that kind of stuff. And that fire is great. And those are the guys that are really hip on the customer experience and creating their business model around the customer experience. And the reason I'm saying be adaptable is, I mean, if you kind of, you know, if you're an older operator or something like that, and this is kind of a new concept to you, you know what I mean? And you haven't really been thinking about it. Well, you know, these younger guys coming to the industry, they're going to be able to compete hard. And so I think you should kind of be adaptable to these new kind of concepts and principles and that sort of thing, just so you can really stay relevant in the industry and always educate yourself. Again, I went to the ICA a couple of years ago. I heard Doug Stevens talk about the journey map and I related it to a previous job I had where we were adamant about following a customer journey and the results were amazing. And then I got his book and I read it and I'm like, God, this, this guy's speaking my language. This is what we need to pay attention to and that kind of stuff. And it was all those kind of things that compounded to me saying, hey, I need to make a make a map. I need to map this out. And then I talked to somebody here that knew all about them and knew the process and how to do it. And everything just kind of fell into place. You know, be adaptable, always educate yourself. And I think those are two things that you can really do today
2: to help for tomorrow.
0: All right, Ann, you get to go next. What's one thing I can do today to make me better tomorrow?
2: Well, I would say just start. Let's do this thing. This customer journey map is for everybody, whether you have one site or you're an established brand with multiple sites. When I think about how I would use this if I was a single site operator, I, I had a few in my portfolio. This is going to help you understand how you differentiate from the competition. So if you were saying, oh, I don't have a robust training team or I don't have that huge staff of managers that's moving around, that's okay. It's still a framework that helps you understand how you differentiate what makes you you and really bring that experience into focus for your staff, even if it's a a smaller organization that you're running. So I would say just start. The way I would start if I was that operator, I would look at my reviews. We've talked about it a lot today, and this does not have to be fancy analytics, but look at your last three months, six months worth of reviews, make a hand tally, make up your own categories on what are you seeing? Okay, I, I see this thing come up a few times. Well, make that a category you start to tally and just simply look at where are the buckets of areas that are popping up, both wins and your opportunities? Because I think a really important thing as you're talking with your staff or thinking about this is understanding both ends of the spectrum. What's good? What do you want to amplify? And again, is that an area where you're perhaps different from the competition that you're hearing the customers feel, coming back to the feeling, they feel good about your establishment in these top three ways? And what are those top two bottom things that you can see? And maybe those are the areas where you need to really dig in with your staff and identify the processes to bring those areas up. So if it was me and I was starting fresh today, I would just look at my reviews and see what are those trends. Doesn't have to be fancy, but take a look at what people are telling you. And that's how I would start.
0: That is great advice. Just do it. Just, just do it
1: <laughs> i want to point out something the other day when we were all talking about the journey maps and and i were just like i wish we had this from the beginning <laughs> yeah. i really wish we would have started with something like this as this framework i mean we're doing it after we've got you know nine locations or something like that but if you're just getting into the industry and that kind of thing and you're trying to figure out where to start i would say this is step one is to create it. a journey map i mean we I think people do it one way or another, but they're not calling it a journey map. They critically think through it at some point. But if you lay it out, your journey, customer journey, then you can say, well, this type of equipment can fit for this need. And you can kind of plug and play everything into place, but really defining what it's supposed to look and feel like. I love how Angie keeps talking about feelings. You know, that's the big thing about customers is how do they feel? How do they feel? What can enhance that feeling? And so every journey map is going to be a little bit different. I mean, if you have a themed car wash, your journey map is going to look way different. But there's pieces of equipment out there that can help you do those types of things. So I just wanted to point that out because we had a pretty thorough conversation about that the other day. It's like we wish we would have started with a journey map.
0: Yeah, there's lots of benefits. There's lots of reasons that it helps to have a documented thing just like our processes, right? Like just like the way we train our people and the way we tell them to load cars and the way that you do maintenance, those things all have processes behind them. This is just another process that you can use as sort of your core framework component of your brand to say, look, this is how people need to feel and this is how we're gonna make them do that. So we've said a lot today on journey maps. there is probably 75,000 hours more we could cover on this topic, but we're not gonna do that today. We will do it someday because journey maps are like my favorite thing on the planet. Well, one, one, one of them. That's maybe that's maybe a little exaggerated, but thank you so much, you guys, for spending the time with us today and sharing kind of how you guys went through the process, what you've learned. I think it's super valuable. And thanks for joining me on the one year, you guys. Thank yeah, you. Congratulations. Yeah, we did it. We did it. Uh, hey, if you guys are watching at home, remember, you can catch episodes like this every week, Thursdays, 1130 a.m. Central Time you miss it because you happen to be doing things like washing cars, that's okay too because all the old episodes are available for you at carwashmagazine.com. And look, I just want to say again, thank you so much for the last year. This was episode 51. We've broadcast more than 38 hours of inspirational stories, great ideas, and just really uplifting stuff about this industry. And I'm so thankful to be part of it. So thankful that you all have supported us on this journey. Get it? I'm sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't resist. There was no joke today. So thank you again. You know, every week we kind of end it the same way. When you're out there, keep it clean. Customer journey maps, there you go. If you don't have one, get after it. Having that documented framework for all the ways your customers interact with your brand will change your life in really good ways. If you're not sure how to get started, here's one simple step. Go to carwashmagazinelive.com, download the sample customer journey map document from that live episode and lock yourself in a room for you know four hours and just start working your way through it. That's going to give you a great head start on this process and then you can really take that next step of bringing in everyone and and going through that as a group. So just start. All you got to do is just start. If you enjoyed that conversation, you can find a jackpot of stories like that at carwashmagazine.com. As always, I look forward to catching you all on an upcoming episode of Car Wash Magazine Live, live on Facebook every Thursday morning at 1130 Central Time. Car Wash the podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry,
2: tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.